And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thank you so much for being with us here on the program today as uh, we are uh, endeavoring to go down a road that we haven't been down in a long, long time. We are having a returning guest. I'll tell you about uh, him in just a moment. But first, uh, let me tell you that uh, we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. For our special edition of Tell Me Your Story, we stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations with the podcasts. And we're on YouTube, where you can watch these interviews as well. We hope you'll subscribe, but the, the, the greater point is we hope that you will listen. <clears throat> we hope that you will take the information in and share it with others. And also, we hope that you will maybe, I don't know if you can do this without subscribing, select notifications so that you're notified when a new uh, conversation is posted up on the website, up on the podcasts or wherever it is that we're we're putting these things. And uh, we really appreciate the fact that you are, are part of what we are doing here on this program. We uh, also <clears throat> encourage you, if you are uh, able to do so, we would greatly appreciate any financial support you can provide us. We have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. When they ask uh, what email address to put in, to whom to send uh, the support to, it's richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. And we also ask that uh, during this decade of perfect vision that you spend time going within, listening to that still small voice so we really do encourage you to to be a part of what it is that we are doing here and um we would like for you to just listen to that still small voice within it's a it's a guiding light if you will or or sound or impression however you perceive that and we certainly hope that you will take some time one of our uh, guests actually made the comment they said uh, even if it's just 60 seconds you know, one one minute, which I suppose you could do at a, a traffic light if it's a long traffic light. And we've got some of those around here, here in the Santa Barbara area. Uh, be that as it may, don't do it while you're driving, while you're moving, okay? Uh, and uh, with all of that being said, we want to welcome back to our uh, studio, if you will, our microphones after a long hiatus, so to speak, Mark Edward Pyle. And Mark, it is really a pleasure to have you back here on the program. It's been a long time since the last time we talked about uh, one of the things we'll talk about today is the 88 steps. Great to have you with us. Well, it's great to be here, Richard. I am thankful and grateful for you uh, inviting me back on, and I am thankful and grateful for reconnecting with you. And it has been quite a while, and the journey has gotten exponentially better each and every day since the last time we have talked. Well, I can attest to that as well from my side of the uh, of the uh, 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 microphone, so to speak, or camera, if you're watching YouTube. You have um, not only the 88 steps, which we're going to talk about. We won't go through all 88 steps. We don't no. have that kind of time. Right, right, right. Uh, but you also have something else that we want to talk about, and I'm going to share this with our listeners. Uh, it has to do with the Seven Mastered Self Academy, uh, your uh, mastered self awaits you. Uh, ascension, which I want to talk about as well, what that means, what it is. 
is all about embracing your mastered self, your I am presence, recognizing the source in you is not replacing your God for you. It is embracing the God in you. And uh, there's a big difference there. It kind of leads me into, uh, I want to just throw this out there that one of the uh, brief analogies that I have often used when talking about um, what we talk about here, choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true, that we are free moral agents. We have free will. Uh, Yet at the same time, uh, we um, seem to have certain philosophies on this planet that want to turn our will, so to speak, or control or our life's events, I'll put it that way, over to some other power. Uh, When I worked 15 years for the Christian radio station back in Phoenix, I kept hearing that when good things happen to you, as they often would refer to them as good things, Mm -hmm. it was God. Right. But when bad things happened, it was the devil. It was Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, whatever, whatever. Whatever they called him. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Whatever happened to free will and choice and so forth. And um, I came up with this analogy. You've got this believer of the philosophy, whatever it may be, walking around in this meadow. His hands are cupped out in front of him. If this were possible, holding his or her will and muttering with eyes closed, walking in a circle, so to speak, in the meadow, I just want to do God's will. I just want to do God's will. I just want to do God's will. And God in his heaven or her heaven is moved to tears that one of God's creation wants to do God's will. And the individual down in the meadow tosses their will up and it floats up and God catches it. And in this emotional state, he is, God is compressing that individual's will down into the size of a baseball and rears back and hurls down at this individual uh, the equivalent of a 95-mile-an-hour Nolan Ryan fastball, smack in the head, and basically says to this individual, then do something with the life I gave you. You are not a puppet on a string being manipulated by forces you do not understand. Now, with that being said, If we are to embrace the God in us, first, do we not have to recognize who or what, not necessarily where or when, God, the creator, the divine is? Absolutely. Absolutely. We must first come to an awakening, so to speak, of source creator you know we can call him god Allah, whatever names that they want to uh uh give to the entity it's source creator and until unless and until we awaken to the reality of source creator in our lives we'll just keep going around in a circle like that uh uh person in the in the forest you just talked about mm-hmm. with our hands cupped and talking about I still want to do God's will, we'll just keep going round and round and round because we need to realize that we are the sparks of the almighty. We are the the sparkles of the star that created everything. And we can shine our light 
without permission from source. Hmm. How does one begin that search? Now, I have been on my search. It's a little broader. At, I don't know how you can get broader than searching for God, but it's right. been a little broader in terms of looking for answers to those I will call them personality generated or ego generated questions, but needless to say, I've been on my search since I was the age of 17. Yeah. My, my search uh, was initiated at the age of 13. And then I began the journey that I, that I am continually on even to this day at the age of 16. And there really isn't a one specific way that, that we can start, the journey is going to be unique for each one of us. Normally it is some sort of event, some sort of event that's outside of yourself. It could be, uh, uh, it, it could be a, a accident. It could be an illness, but normally it's some sort of event that is outside of yourself. That is a trigger for, for the person, for the individual to finally wake up out of the doldrums and to wake up to themselves. We have to believe that we are more than just flesh and bones and pus and veins and blood and water and all of that. We have to believe that we have purpose. We have to believe that we are here for a specific region reason. And each time we incarnate, that reason changes. Some of us have incarnated multiple times. Some of us that are going to hear this, this may be your first time here. Fret not. You are right where you're supposed to be. And when it's time for you to awaken, I believe that that is already in each person's individual DNA. And when that when the event or circumstance or happening happens, that's when you'll get on your path and on your journey and start to uh, evolve up the evolutionary uh, chain. You know, it is to me, it is it's it's extraordinary uh, the journey that I've been on, and I know yours is is the same. You say uh, uh, maybe the initial uh, experience began for you at the age of thirteen, mm-hmm. um, and I I look back even earlier for me in my childhood when I had some I don't know if they were dreams, daydreams, night dreams, what have you, of things that happened uh, in those dreams that I look back on. I'm going. Well, why isn't that possible? One of them specifically, and I have to tell you that you know, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, where when I was growing up, it wasn't quite so hot. Okay. Right. Um, as the phrase goes, uh, it it was not the uh, <clears throat> hell hole uh, in terms of temperatures that it, <laughs> that it is now. But my dad took such great care of our lawn. And so my dream had this beautiful dark green Bermuda grass lawn in the summertime. And there I am as a little kid running around with all of the other kids, crystal clear blue sky on this particular day. And all of a sudden I just, and this probably was even before I rode the, my first bicycle, it might've been around the same time, but anyway, I just started pedaling. No, I wasn't on a bicycle. I just started pedaling. And guess what? I started to go up. I started yes. to rise and I just kept pedaling and I'm going, Ooh, this is really neat. I like this, you know? And I, and again, I go back to 
why isn't this possible? And I have a good friend who shares me, shares with me these different stories about how it is possible. It's just that we have to learn how to control those little motors on each of the cells of whatever it is, molecules, you know, because Absolutely. that's all you got to do. And, and, and it's not that I want to disbelieve him, but it's that I, I, I think that, that I, for example, I, I talk with another good friend of both this gentleman's and mine uh, who talk. I talk about the difference between magnetism and gravity. Now, yes. my opinion is they're the same thing because the earth has gravity. Yes. And when you jump up, okay, or if you jump from a high place down to solid ground, what have you, you're falling. So the question I ask is, are we being drawn to the surface, uh, you know, or is it something else? And you hear about the yogis who have, you know, the, the avatars who have learned how to levitate. Yes. And so forth and so on. And that's just one realm. I yes. think of Jesus comment to the disciples about how they said, wow, that's amazing stuff. Could you teach us to do that? And then he says this. Sure. I could teach you, but this is nothing compared to the stuff you guys are going to do down the road. And, and that to me is the ultimate is the transformation in one's life. But let's talk a little bit about, I don't want to talk about the manipulation of the material world per se, mm -hmm. but about how we can take our free will, take our awareness of the divine, take all of that, which we, and you say, you know, believe. I love Greg Braden. He talks about how one day we will no longer believe. Right. We'll know. We'll know. Thank you. We will know. Yes. So how do we get to that place so that we can begin to recognize that there is no dualism. Things just are what they are. No judgment because dualism connotes judgment. Absolutely. It's bad. Oh, no, it's good. Ha <laughs> ha. So talk to us a little bit about uh, and I know it's a lot to unpack because I then I do that to all my guests. I throw all 15, right. 16 things, but please share with us uh, how 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 do we begin that process? Well, and I'm 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 glad that you brought this up, Richard, because this is this is the most important part. Getting through ADH steps, getting through uh, chakra consciousness, getting through all of that won't make a difference unless and until the individual has come to this place in their life. And it could be a place of disappointment. It could be a place of deterrent. It could be a place of restriction. It could just be a place of malaise. And, and you're at a crossroads, so to speak. You're at a, at a literal, you may even be at a, at a literal physical crossroads where there are, there are two avenues or two choices or two uh, uh, opportunities that you are faced with and neither one of them feels right. That is the place where, and, and, and when you get to that crossroad and neither one feels right, you paralyze yourself, you freeze yourself. You know, it's a natural instinct, pick one or the other. But when you cannot pick one because both of them either, either both of them seem extremely right or neither one of them seems right. Mm -hmm. That's when you have to go in and check in with your soul. Most of humanity walks around unaware of their soul. Yes, we know we have something inside of us that 
keeps our temperature at 98.7 and and make sure everything works properly but really tapping into the that still quiet voice that's your soul talking to you really tapping into it and really listening to what the soul has to say mm. i know that the soul of every individual has every great uh, uh, need, want, and desire, every great goal, every great active pursuit that each of us needs to do in order to fulfill ourselves on the soul level. If we just get past the noise of society, the mm -hmm. noise of judgment, if we get past the uh, judging ourselves versus our neighbors, judging ourselves versus our co-workers, judging ourselves versus family members. If we just get to the point to where we appreciate the who that we are and we allow for the expansion of the who that we're becoming to come into place, we have to get quiet. We have to talk to the soul and then allow the quiet for the soul to talk back to us. That's mm -hmm. the beginning. Without that, we're just going to be like that guy walking around in the forest with his hands cupped and with his will in his hands. I'm like, I want to do your will and keep, and they'll keep throwing it back up. We'll keep mm -hmm. throwing it back up. No, we have to uncup our hands and allow our will, the soul mm -hmm. to guide us and stop being it's guided by, by appetites and addictions and the things we see on television and things we hear. Allow the soul to guide you. And, it, uh, and to that end, what is the practice that you have used? Because obviously you're in a place in your life, as I am in mine, where I don't question it. Okay, is that, okay, which voice is that? Right. Who is that? Who is that? Who, you know, because, um, for example, my eldest sister passed away a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And right afterwards, I heard her voice Hi, Richard. Hey, everything's okay. Everything's okay. Mm -hmm. My father passed away this past March. And I don't hear his voice, although I am so grateful that my mother and father in 2015 allowed me to interview them for this program, which has been heard uh, by folks. It wasn't originally. My mother would not give her permission, but uh -huh. it was circulated amongst the family. Okay. okay. So I, I know what his voice is, but... I get impressions. Yes. And then when I think about my best friend that I grew up with through grade school, high school, and college, we stayed connected. We stayed friends. We stayed uh, 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 communicative and so forth up until his passing after 53 years. And I think about him. I don't get impressions. I don't hear voices. But every time I want to cry, I, I just want to, I want to grieve. I want to cry over my friend Doug's, my, I call him Smokey, uh, his, uh, his passing. Every time I think about him, I start laughing because of how much fun we had in our lives. Absolutely, man. So there are three different experiences of three different people that I have known in my life who, thank goodness, I'm keeping alive by virtue of remembering them. And then of course, sharing them with our audience. Absolutely. Um, so how do we identify that we'll call it still small voice, still small impression, whatever the case might be, as opposed to some other voices that might be coming from what is often referred to as the monkey mind. 
Absolutely. Well, and and I want to share with you, uh, my my I was raised by my grandparents uh, in Central California, and uh, I re I remember as a kid growing up, my grandmother had this beautiful afro, and she would sit in her chair and twist uh, one piece of her afro. But I remember how it looked, and it always looked the same, and. She she made it to 103 years old. And she passed away. She yeah. passed away in 2009. Mm. And uh, on the way back from her funeral, she showed up in the passenger seat of my truck with me Ooh. as I'm driving back home. And now, anytime I want to call her up, or anytime I want to feel the the love and the uh, uh, of my ancestor, my grandmother, she'll show up in a cloud. Her afro, I can see it. Mm. There are there uh, in the uh, uh, gated community where I live in here in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. a bunch of trees, and she's in like six or seven of these trees. <laughs> and just roll by, and there she is. So I know, and whenever I see her in the tree, or if I see her in the cloud, I know that she is letting me know that whatever I'm doing, I'm on the right track. Mm. Uh, being sensitive to your intuition, and I know uh, uh, a lot of folks may not know what intuition is or may not know where it resides. It resides in your gut. I'm a gut player. I've mm -hmm. always been a gut player. Uh, uh, when I am contemplating any major decision, I ask my gut to give me a hard yes or a hard no. And I know the difference between the two reactions. And I actually literally get a physical movement in my stomach region in response to this question you we have to tap into uh, uh self mastery we have to get a a, a deeper uh, understanding and understanding and awareness of self and we must not be afraid to go on a path of self-discovery most of yeah. us are afraid to dig deep and go down a rabbit hole about ourselves because we as humans, we always want the good to be portrayed. We always want the famous and the celebrity and all of that, but we don't, we want to keep the bad parts or at least the things that we think are bad about mm -hmm. ourselves. We want to keep them hidden. We want to keep them to ourselves. So we have to get way past that. We have to get to the point to where I am who I am and, and it's okay. And, and once you get to that place and mine happened at age 16, where I didn't care anymore, what anyone outside of me thought of me, I didn't care anymore about they're talking, uh, telling people that I was weird. And I talked to the sky and I said, I can look at stars. I didn't care about that anymore. I started living my life to please myself and I lived my life according to what I knew about me not what everyone thought about me you we have to get to the place to where we are more concerned with what we know mm -hmm. about ourselves than what others think about us and what others project on us most of us don't know how to even fend off the projections from other people and a lot of us walk through life and we wonder why we do this and why we do that it's not even from your own soul it's a projection somebody else projected onto you that you may not even known about
Yeah. So we have to go, we have to be on a dedicated path of self-mastery, self-awareness, and self-discovery. On the sevens is one of the elements we're going to talk about as we continue talking with Mark Edward Pyle and uh, the website, by the way, folks, if you'd like to find out more on the sevens.com, that's O-N-T-H-E, the number seven, S and dot com. And we will be linked to that website as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story with uh, Mark Edward Pyle. Um, I'm going to share something that is fairly typical in most relationships. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, uh, situations where, you know, things get a little heated, you know, there's disagreements uh, and so forth and so on. And my relationship with my present wife is no different. You know, and this is this is uh, folks, this is part of the the self-analysis of, of, of going within and looking at uh, what we like to call the shadow side of absolutely. Self. Absolutely. Shadow work is, is continuous, man. And, and, you know, uh, the, the situation that you're describing first, I'm sending a uh, uh, positive outcome energy to you and your wife so that y'all can navigate th to and through uh, the, the definition of this issue. Mm -hmm. We as individuals, especially when we're in uh, uh, intimate relationships uh, and, and cohabitation and things like that, the souls, the energy of you is here. Mm -hmm. The energy of your wife is here. A lot of times we think that, oh, it's just automatic. My energy, your energy comes together. No, it's not. We should not look at it as it's just Instead of Richard and the wife, now it's just me and the wife. No, it's still Richard. Mm -hmm. It's still your wife. Mm -hmm. You have your energy. She has hers. Together, you have a marriage energy. Mm -hmm. However, you guys will always see things differently. You know mm -hmm. how you know how that goes. You can have ten people stand on a street corner facing uh, the intersection, and then you can stage an accident. And then you come and ask each one of them and you're going to get 10 different stories because each person's perception, she is perceiving. I think what is going on is that she is perceiving hurt, not by what happened. Mm -hmm. The hurt is that you threw the pillow. Mm. It's not the fact that the pillow uh, hit her. It's not the fact that uh, before that happened, she flailed around and hit you. She is actually hurt because the it got physical. Hers was in a, inadvertent, mm -hmm. and then yours was just a reaction. Yeah, you just reacted. Yes, you did hit her. Mm -hmm. and no, you didn't hit her. Mm -hmm. So that that is uh, because the pillow hit her mm -hmm. you you threw the pillow so right. to the point to where you guys can because right now you can't even sit down and talk and get past the part of you hit me no i didn't you hit me no i didn't that that's that's not how you're going to resolve this you need to be able to sit down and say listen love i made a mistake and i did throw my mm -hmm. pillow over yeah. my shoulder yeah i i'm owning that I threw my pillow over my shoulder and I own that the pillow hit you. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel 
that I can accept that you believe I hit you. We need to come to a, a table of compromise so that we can move forward from this. If you believe I hit you, I'm apologizing. Mm -hmm. If we can get to the crux of the issue of why we were having a row in the first place, then everything that happened after the initial row won't even matter anymore. So let's yeah. get to the initial row. Yes, I threw the pillow over my shoulder and the pillow hit you and I made a mistake. That because she is going to keep it in her head and she's probably affected by the fact that she flailed and hit you too. And so there are a lot of a lot of things going on. And and with uh with some of our intimate relationships, most of the time the man is the is is the doer and and you know we're not emotional. We're ego driven. We are mm -hmm. results driven. And the uh, lady is the feminine one and they are much more emotional. They see things through emotional lenses where we see things through logical lenses. We, they, and we can't, we can't put on the emotional lens glasses because we won't be able to see. And they can put on the logic glasses, but only after the emotion, the tide and the heat of the emotion is calmed down. And uh, uh, most of the time for, for, uh, and what I'm sensing and feeling is most of the time it's a three day period between a row and then she's ready to come back and then you guys can get civilized again. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the work that I'm doing folks. That is, that is what I'm about in terms of uh, what this program is about as well. And I, 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 you know, it, if there's a part of me that is hurt too. Yes. Just by virtue of the accusation, even though, as you have just explained, I did. Yes. I did. You know, I own that. And it it, it could have been with a brick or a pillow. It would didn't make any difference. Could have a been feather. a feather. It, it doesn't feather. matter. Yeah. yeah. Could have been anything. It was the act. It wasn't the actual pillow hitting her. It was that you responded in that way. Yeah. Exactly. That's it right there. And what I find so fascinating in our society today is that we're doing that kind of thing on a regular basis. Oh, yes. And and we're not willing to take a look and own the fact that, oh, yeah, it's it's and I I, I say this uh, uh, apolitically, bear in mind. Yes. Uh, I mean, for example, um, I, I own it because I choose to be in this relationship and an individual, for example, who was our 45th president is going through whatever he's going through. And I say it this way, because he chose to run for the office. Th this is all on him because he chose, he made that choice, made a choice. He made a choice. And I made a choice 25 years ago, 25 yes. and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, or I am here talking with Mark Edward Pyle uh, because uh, 44 plus years ago, I made a choice to get into this business. Absolutely. Absolutely. It isn't until, as you're putting it, is it, it's not until we own those elements that we accept right. our responsibility. And boy, that's a that's got to be a hard word for a lot of folks to uh, to swallow is it is responsibility. I take responsibility for being here 
and for my actions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And, and again, that nobody has a problem with taking accountability. I won the championship or, mm -hmm. or passed the spelling bee or whatever. It's taking accountability. Like we're talking right now. Hey, I, I reacted out of anger or whatever I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have to own that. Um, uh, I uh, misspoke or I didn't tell you the truth or I stole this or I, whatever it may be. We have to first stop judging ourselves. Stop judging yourself. You won't be afraid to speak your truth and speak the truth, which is different. Your truth could be a bald-faced lie. Mm -hmm. The truth is always the truth. Mm -hmm. So it's different, you know, because I talked yeah. to a lot of people say, oh, I'm speaking my truth. I said, yeah, but your truth is, is wrong. Yeah. Your truth is wrong, you know. Uh, uh, so we have to, and it, it's all about accountability, all about responsibility. That's really, yeah, it's that's really all what it's about. about that. And, and less than until we get back to that, and I think that is what has happened to to American society as a whole and to the world in general. We've gotten away from being accountable and responsible for our own individual actions, which lead and blow up into governments and world uh, uh, politics and all of that stuff. We have to get back to personal accountability. We're going to talk more about that, but we're also going to dive into on the sevens as well as the 88 steps as we continue talking here with Mark Edward Pyle and on the sevens.com's his website. Uh, we will be linked to that website as well as we continue here on tell me your story. Mark, I want to ask you, first of all, on the sevens. Now, there's a local uh, news talk station in Los Angeles, a news talk station that uh, I don't know if they do this anymore. They may still do it. Uh, they do their traffic, only on the, they do it on the fives. Right. Um, I don't think you're doing traffic on the sevens, which means no, it's seven, no. 17, 27, 37, 47, 57 after. Describe for us okay. what what are what is on the sevens. All right. On the sevens uh, takes on an entirely cosmic or esoteric meaning. When we look at all of the sevens that affect our daily lives while we are alive here in 3D, everybody who incarnates is subject to varying cycles. As long as we're here And the number seven is very significant to each of us on this planet. Here are some of the examples of number seven in different ways it affects our lives. There are seven soul types, according to the day you're born. Individually, we each have seven self-personalities that make up our mastered self. We have a spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, intellectual, vocational, and sexual or interpersonal self. Uh, internally, we have seven major chakras, root, sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and crown. Also, individually, we have seven 52-day planetary periods each birth year that starts on your birthday. So, uh, uh, if you're born today, you, you're, you're in Mercury for 52 days and then Venus and then Mars and then Jupiter and then Saturn, it just moves on like that. Also individually, we each have seven, seven year, 11 year and 13 year personal health and vocational life cycle. So we all, uh, we all are in, in, uh, concurrent patterns of seven year, 11 year and 13 year personal cycles. 
Uh, the one that everybody takes for granted is there are seven days in every week. Mm -hmm. uh, and inside of every day, we each have seven, three hour and 25 minute daily period cycles. So becoming aware of each of these as they pertain to you in your daily life allows one to stay cosmically aligned with uh, the universe or source or creator or God, however you want to call it, and your own unique uh, universal vibration and frequency. And then on a personal note, you know, I write my own uh, mastered self numerology. The name Mark, M-A-R-K, it adds up to 16. And then you see uh, from my Zoom uh, uh, moniker, the name Pyphreus adds up to 61. One plus six equals seven. Mm -hmm. So as a personal practice, I do everything on the sevens. Seven is the number of truth. Seven is the number of research. Seven is the number of alchemy. Seven is the number of, 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 of just being the your spiritual self. Seven is your spiritual number. And, and the seventh dimension is where all the spirituality in all of the cosmos is where it resides. Hmm. Okay, well, I, I and I get that, and of course, a lot of people they think that uh, you know they're they believe that you know seven is a, a magic number, a lucky number, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Obviously, we have the wonderful convenience store uh, mm -hmm. with uh, with one of those as well, uh, but you also have um, the eighty eight steps. Yes, um, that's a lot of steps to have to walk up. If you're walking up 88 steps every day, uh, five days a week, going to work kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, talk to us about uh, the, the, these 88 steps, uh, how you, how you came to uh, this, uh, this awareness of eight or 88 and, and uh, what are some of those steps? Okay. Okay. The, the number 88 is the master number of mystical mastership mastery of self and of the mastership disciple you know our souls are glorified or destroyed by our own thought power thought is power it is under our free will to discriminate in our use of it the master number 88 builds truth with honest simplicity uh, and it allows individuals to get to know their inner selves at the soul core level and to have their positive urges expressed in art, science, music, or literature, always in calmness and balance to grow slowly and completely is the responsibility of this master number of 88. Now, how we get to the 88 steps into your master cell, there are 88 recognized constellations uh, in our uh, universe from Andromeda all the way through Volpecula. And I believe and I know that there are 88 soul ascension steps each soul must make in order to reach ascended master status, thereby being able to decide if you want to incarnate again or just allow your essence, vibration and frequency to influence select souls that are still ascending up their evolutionary path in their journey. Similarly, there are 88 steps that must be taken by each individual during each incarnation to energize, equip and empower our I am presence, our master self. That's what I call the master self, your I am presence. Mm -hmm. From the initial awakening all the way through to the invocation, I've developed 88 steps. Some of the steps are as simple as, like one of the steps is going out, even if you, uh, you know, I tell folks, uh, this is not about belief or non-belief. 
This is about self-awareness. One of the steps is go out and get yourself a, a uh, professional natal chart and a professional numbers reading from, from professional readers, just so that you have this information about yourself. Another one of the steps is, is, you know, when we're doing our healing, you know, healing uh, the childhood traumas and the other traumas that we uh, acquire as we grow up and develop is one of the major portions of the ADA steps. One of the steps in the uh, uh, in my program is to write a letter to your trauma. I had a very brief yet intense uh, uh addiction to crack cocaine in the late 80s, early 90s. It was about a three and a half year period where I was just, yeah, doing my thing. Mm -hmm. And a few years into, into me, you know, 2012 is when I got plugged into the cosmic zapper and got zapped with my mastered self. So I began to do some of this internal healing. And one of the letters I wrote was to rock cocaine. Hmm. I wrote a letter to the woman that molested me when I was eight years old. I wrote letters to my mother, letters to my grandmother, letters to any, any type of trauma. I've written, wrote letters to some decisions that I made and as a way of once you write it out, you are, energizing your healing you are you are sending it up to the cosmos up to god so that they can wrap it up for you and heal all of the hurt and send it down back to you so you can feel that wound that's in your soul you can fill it in with the loving presence of your i am presence so mm. some of the some of the steps are are like your physical steps some of them just take a physical inventory of of what you have done in your life physically from the time you've been seven years old up until the time you start the program. Uh, some of them are, are very uh, simple. Some of them are not so simple because there are, there are peaks and valleys and highs and lows that we all go through. And then honestly, there are certain things that each of us has done that are very, very, very hard for us to come back and face. You have to be willing to face all of yourself. And, and I'm taking this from Clint Eastwood. You got to <laughs> be able to face the good, the bad, the ugly. And I added something else to it and the unexpected. Mm. And, and we you know go that, that in these 88 steps. Absolutely. Uh, where can we find out more about these 88 steps or for that matter, find these 88 steps? What's uh, do we, we go to your website, go to my website. You um, um, uh, send me a, or, or they could just send me an email at 88 steps at on the sevens.com and uh, tell me that you're interested in the 88 steps because I do them. They're, they're, they're 88 in number. However, once I get your initial information, I know what order they need to go into. Oh, so I have to, I, I, I'm just, they just don't go one to 88. There is, I see. 
So I so I will get uh, you send me an email. I'll get some information. I'll run some uh, uh, initial reports for you. We'll talk about a few things. And then once we have an initial consultation, then I'll know just where to put your ADA steps in what order. Because, again, when we incarnate here, like this time I incarnated here, I know that I have a least amount of steps to get to where I'm going to ascend the master stage. So I may have incarnated in having, having needing only 22 steps. Somebody may incarnate need five steps. Somebody may need 50 steps. It just depends. And we can tell that by running your natal chart. And then I regress your natal chart backwards uh, to find when it crossed a parent line with your last incarnation. And then I could tell from your last incarnation where you are on your evolutionary path, thereby putting only the steps in there that you need. There are 88 in total, but like I said, Richard, you might only need five. So there mm -hmm. would be no need for you to go through the other 83. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I like that. <laughs> you know, the fewer the better, but by the same token, uh, I, I I do have to say that that in what you've shared uh, thus far in the program, I am, you know, I I am already uh, envisioning the conversation that I'm going to have, starting yes. out with, uh, basically, I I am sorry. Yes. I apologize. I apologize. Okay. Uh, without without any equivocation, without any without any explanation, just. I apologize. Yes. Uh, and, and, um, and, and then going from there and, and, and recognizing and taking responsibility for, yes, you are correct. My perception. Okay. I, I, my perception was different than yours. Yes. However, on, shall we say closer review or further review i recognize that what you are saying i did i i take responsibility for that and yes i did yes um and 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 then and then going from there um it's it's and and for a lot of folks uh, especially men that is a hard one to to uh, to that's a hurdle that's very difficult to get over some people think it's too high but you know, I find it fascinating, and I've seen on a few programs in the last few decades, of the last few years, maybe decade or so, uh, television programs, movies, and so forth, where more and more men in these roles are being portrayed not just as tough guys, strong, you know, the the the, the masculine aspect, right. not so much macho, okay, right. but then also that. Well, I'll use the word vulnerable side. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because we are, we are macho and we are providers and we are rough mm -hmm. and tough. And yet we are soft and we are vulnerable and yeah. we do have emotions and we do have esteem issues and we do go through all of those things. Yet we are, we as men, especially here in America, we're taught to just rub some dirt on it and keep going. You better not cry. Especially guys in our age grade age range mm -hmm. as as society has gotten older 
yes, there's been a softening, but guys from our age range, it was like just rub some spit on the rub some dirt on it, get back out there. What's wrong with you? You don't need no band-aid, just go. Right, right. Yeah. We, and 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 so it is it is more more difficult uh for a lot of us men to get here. I was a crybaby as a kid, man. So I always was vulnerable and I always was was uh uh sensitive. And a lot of my tears were out of anger. They weren't out of pain. I was I would just be so mad about certain things. And I've dealt with with all of that and I've I've processed through it and I've went through some therapy <clears throat> uh 2022 and 2023. Uh, uh the best uh decisions I made for myself was seeking therapy and I am advocating for any and every male that is listening to this show or listening to a replay, even if you don't think you need it, go talk to somebody, mm -hmm. go talk, seek some therapy, uh, uh, open up that can of worms from your childhood and get honest, get honest about your childhood. We fantasize and glorify and, 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 and spread, uh, 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 the vision of our childhood when in all actuality, my childhood wasn't bad, but it wasn't this great adventure that I used to hold on to. When I started telling the truth about my childhood, mm -hmm. the trauma, the drama, the stress, everything in my life just went away, man. Everything went away. Yeah. It did. Well, Getting honest about your, about your childhood and dealing with those things that, traumatize you as a kid is the very, very, very beginning of your natural health and healing. I remember one of my guests and we got into this conversation in that regard. And I was sharing with him my experiences of my father. This was shortly after his passing. And, uh, you know, and he would, he was really, he was, I, the best way I can come up with, he was really interrogating me, you know, wanting to almost like he wanted to get the dirt. It was like the inquirer of sorts, you know, uh, but it was in a loving way he was doing this because he was he was genuinely interested. And um, I kept telling him, I says, no, I, I my father and I were never estranged. Yeah, we had there were a couple of encounters when I was young mm -hmm. uh, when he used the belt, you know, and and the, the discipline, that kind of thing. <clears throat> but, um, you know, he was always there. He was always there. I, I mean, one of the the, the memories that that uh, I shared at the memorial, my father's a memorial. Uh, and I remember this. I mean, I couldn't have been more than maybe, I don't know, maybe four or five years old. Mm -hmm. And I had this purple bunny rabbit, stuffed bunny rabbit. It was a small little thing you could hold in your arms, you know. And I lost it. I, I, I misplaced it. I didn't know where it was. And I was outside in the carport. Uh, I can't remember if I was sitting on the concrete or there was a little bench or something. And I was there and I was crying. And my dad came up and he just was consoling me. You know, he just said, hey. You know, we'll see if we can find it. It's all right. You know, and that's what I remember about my dad more than anything else is the fact that he was there in spite of the fact that my father in later years after his retirement would share with me that he gave all the credit to my mother for raising us mm -hmm. because he didn't think he was there. It's mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He wasn't a salesman traveling. Right. He worked a nine to five. Right. And he was there in the evenings for dinner. We always sat down for dinner at, at a table uh, that he built. It actually was two tables that we would put together and hold together with C clamps. And, and then we put the tablecloth over it. And, 
and so on and so forth. And we would sit there and have dinner. Ironically, we all sat in exactly the same seat for the, the years <laughs> that, that I lived with yeah. my parents. Uh, well, I still never understood why they put me next to my one of my younger sisters, who was ambidextrous, right. but she liked to eat with her left hand, and I'm right-handed. Oh, yeah. And she was on my right. And I'm going, <laughs> why is she? Why isn't she on the end? <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, um, but that's what I remember about my father. My mother, on the other hand, uh, she was... I would I would almost say she even though she was the nurturer and so forth, and even in these years uh, dealing with with the loss of her husband, my father, um, she has uh, developed. And this is interesting. I want to have you talk about this. She's developed this. Uh, um, I want to say protection. Mm -hmm. I was talking to her about a situation and it was like I was telling her about the bad and the ugly. Mm hmm. And she stopped. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Now, if you want to talk about if you if you would like some advice or some encouragement or inspiration, I am here. Right. But I don't want to hear about all of the negative stuff. I don't want to hear all of the that that stuff. And at first, my reaction was, Mom, I, I didn't say this, but it was in my head. I go, wow. OK, I don't know that I can talk to you about much of anything. And then I began, it began to sink in to where the next communication I had with her was with a text uh -huh. to which I said, uh, I started out by saying all good news. And then I shared with her the good news. And then the next time I called her, it was the same thing. Okay. No negative. I just, it's just good stuff, you know? And she laughed. She thought that was hilarious. Um, but we tend to put that on ourselves all the time. The negative. We'll take it in from so many different sources that we really don't need to be doing, right? We need to um, we need to basically uh, get into a position where we don't keep putting that stuff in the negative. You right. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's it's something that uh, I think that we 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 really need to begin to to better understand as far as our role and our place in the universe. And I'm really hoping that that we are able to uh, to do that. Um, and uh, your the work that you're doing is is actually. Uh, uh, actually putting, uh, uh, with your, on the sevens and the 88 steps, it's part yes. of the process of, of doing just that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I want to share with you, uh, I'm currently, uh, uh, developing, uh, what I call the art of absolute living, and it is going to thoroughly, thoroughly bless people. And, and it is going to be a blueprint of how to, how to get out of the rat race of of the comings and goings of of the world yet still be able to deal with doing the things you have to do to secure yourself so mm -hmm. it, it is it's going to be a powerful piece of work it's called the art of absolute living that's coming out that will be coming out uh um spring of 2024 mm. A lot of good stuff that uh, we'll talk about that. Have you back on and we will talk Absolutely, more about brother. that as we, 
As we uh, continue here on this program, we like to call Tell Me Your Story. One of the things I would like to do right now is remind you folks that you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. We're talking with Mark Edward Powell. Uh, Pile, Mark Edward Pile. It's on the sevens.com, the website. You can find out about the 88 steps. And of course, uh, you can send an email if you're interested to finding out the order and what 88 steps to take uh, by uh, emailing 88 steps at on the sevens.com. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Before we let you go, and I, I don't know if you recall the last time we got together, I had these questions that I like to ask at the end of the program. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first of those questions is, who is Mark Edward Pyle? Mark Edward Pyle is a a 60-year-old um, uh, uh, 60-year-old um, I don't know, a 60-year-old a, a spiritual guy who just wants to help folks get connected to their soul, want to get away from all of the false labels and 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 all of the things that that misrepresent who we truly are. And I just really am just a guy that wants to teach people how to breathe right, how to eat right, how to live right, and how to connect with their soul. What is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is to teach everything that previously was a secret to teach it to the masses. And finally, what was your best day? Hmm. Since I believe that every day on this side of the dirt is a great day, <laughs> uh, I will say my best day has been hanging out with you today. But really, honestly, the best day for me was September 21st, 2012, when I did not refuse the the invocation and the 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 transition of my mastered self into my body. That was my best day. Mm. When I came and, fully aware of my I am presence. Yeah, we that was the best day because that's when all of this started. That's when the, the the healing of the colon cancer manifested. That's when the less stress manifested. That's when all of this started was uh, September 21st, 2012. That up to now, that's been my best day. Well, we'll have to have you back to talk more about that and the uh, other work that you're doing, including the new new material that's coming out in the spring of uh, 2024. And I thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me again, Richard. I'll be here uh, on your show anytime you want. And if you want to email me uh, uh, offline, um, uh, I can uh, do some extra uh, uh, astral work. Uh, for you and your wife so that it'll I'll soften up that table of compromise for you before you even go in there to sit down to talk to her. I'll tell you what, I will send you that email uh, right after the program. Thank you very <laughs> much, man. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast video cast, as I have said on this program many times to pay homage, Love to lol. Jeanette, I am still listening. Dad, continue to be happy. Smokey, I'll see you on the other side. And to my dear friend Zorro, 
Aho, Aho.